lot. It was, a, it was a lot of fun for me personally. But one of the things I didn't really care for with that series, I guess the way I did it, is I didn't really. We didn't have a lot of Bible reading. You know, we didn't really open the Bible every week. We talked. It was more about history and where things come from, and you know, that's that's all good too. Uh, so I'm really glad we're back in Proverbs now. This is one of my favorite books, and we're going to do a lot of Bible reading today. So hopefully everybody brought your, your King James 1611. I'll give you that there. Um, let me get situated still. Do what? Got our NIVs ready. Yeah, NIVs, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so... We're going to start a new little series just a couple weeks, two or three weeks. We're going to talk about the book of Proverbs. Um, it's one of my favorite books. Uh, I think I, I remember telling you guys back during the COVID, I just, I, I wanted to really get a handle on the books and I wasn't working at the time. Our company shut down. So I went through and I read Proverbs every day, the whole book, every day for several weeks. And it was just such a blessing to me. And I, I just, the Lord just showed me all kinds of neat stuff. And it's really, you know, it changed my life. But it really did change my life because since then I just, I see things a little different. Uh, hopefully more clarity through the way God sees things, and which is what the book is all about. Um, on your handouts, the book of wisdom. And uh, I found this, I got thinking of what, what, what is the book about? All right, it's about getting smart. So I found the, the Get Smart Guy picture, and it's the, the book of Proverbs. And here's how I link it. Uh, have, you, have you guys seen this show, TV show from the 60s, Get Smart, Maxwell Smart? Uh, he was a, an agent for the government. And he was just kind of a bumbling fool, going through bumbling, solving cases, but just through luck. Hey guys, how's it going? Yeah, grab a handout and good to see you guys. Um, actually, I'll do this and get a drink while they're getting situated. We have one more. No, I didn't print that many. Uh, oh, I have. I can share with Steve. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I need to. Yeah, here's another one here. I don't know who needs one. I figure when you sent the text, there'd be an empty room today. <laughs> you, know, I never know. you never know, you know. So, all right, so get smart. He's a, he's a government agent, uh, solving cases, going through life, messing things up sometimes, but things always work out. All right, he is like us. He is like me. The government gave him everything he needed to be successful. You know, all the trinkets that he had. God has given all of us everything we need to be successful. We got the Word, we got a, a church body here, we got believers, we got friends, we got the Holy Spirit. There is no reason for us to go through life unwise or not smart. But we do. I do. I mean, when I read the Proverbs, I'm in every proverb. I'm the fool. I'm the angry man. I'm the, I'm all these guys, and I think all of us are. So the book of Proverbs can really help us get smart. It can help us use the tools that God has given us to increase our wisdom and, and understanding. So that's that's why the graphic. Yeah, that's why I thought of him. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So in spite of yourself. 
in spite of himself, and things still work out. Yeah, and you know, like I say, the government gave him everything he needed to be successful, just like God did us. All right, so now Proverbs, uh, got to have some etymology, because I love etymology. It's a Latin word, pro verba, that's where it comes from. It means pro means put forth, verba is word, so it's, it's putting forth of words is what Proverbs means. Uh, the cool thing with Proverbs, you, you'll notice, uh, I think most of us have read it, there's no Jew, there's no Gentile, there's no nations of Israel, there's really no history, it's, uh, there's no real specific things. What Proverbs is really about is just life on planet Earth. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting book and, and I think that one day I was thinking, like, it, like it's, it's like when I go to bed at night, if I had to wake up in the morning and God leaves me a note on my nightstand, like, this is how I want you to act today, or for every day. Um, that's the book of Proverbs. It's how we go through life every day, uh, living life and being godly and wise. Um, when I read through the proverb, one of the times I read through, uh, I had a fun time. I wrote down every type of person that's mentioned in Proverbs as I'm reading through the whole book. And I came up with like 128 peoples that are in Proverbs. You got the fool, you got you know, the angry man, the violent man, the, the cruel man, the, you know, the strange woman, uh, the prudent woman, the virtuous woman. You've got all these people types. And at some point in my life, I've been most of those. And you guys probably have too. <laughs> I have my feminine side. Uh, yeah, that's good. But uh, more importantly than, than that, I guess, would be that the, the book of Proverbs teaches me how to deal with and interact, avoid, or link up with those people types. It's just a, a fascinating book that just covers uh, all areas of life on, the, on Earth. So that's why I'm just... I really like this study here. So, um, and there's also verses for me. I've, I've mentioned before that I'm a my one of my problems is pride. You know, going way back to it's in all of us. It's in all of us. It is in all of us. Uh, I had a worse, a little bit worse, I think, maybe, but but there's there's word there's verses to me and I and I, I noticed I was tending to when I'd get to verse on pride or some problem that I'm having I'd gotta read that one quick and go to the next one uh, and I thought you know I gotta start slowing down and then soaking in these pride verses so uh, that's that's something else we need to think about so on our handout uh, Proverbs book of wisdom it was written so I, I stole some of this out of my book that I put together a few years ago that this sold well under a million copies, but um, this is from some. Some of this is from my book. So the, the Proverbs. It was written around a thousand BC. Um, the author was Solomon. Thirty-one chapters, nine hundred fifteen verses, and you know it's a fairly short uh, book. Um, boy, there's one thing I did forget to bring out. Talking about wisdom and living life. I, I love this quote. Um, this is a quote that I would apply to myself, and, and all of us, I think, can relate. This, the famous John Wayne actually said this, and, and we have this actually at work, hanging. Life on earth is hard, but how much harder is life when you're stupid? 
we 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 all make mistakes. I have made decisions. All of us have, I'm sure. That just like, wow, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I worked there. I can't believe I hung out with them. I made bad decisions and I had stupid decisions, and I and we all pay the consequences for those. So that's another thing I like about proverbs. It, it's it wants us to get smart so we're not stupid. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I'll just leave that there. So, uh, back on our handout. The book of Proverbs is written by Solomon. He was in his mid-30s at the top of his game. We'll talk about him in a second. Uh, The Hebrew word for proverb is mashal. And this is kind of the key to the book. Mashal, in Hebrew, it's a comparison. It's to look at something. uh, It's on your handout there, point B. I like Shekinagori. Well, no, that's an attribute of God more. Mashal is a comparison to compare two things. To compare, you know, a Ford and a Chevy. To look at them, how are they different, how are they the same. It's to compare. It's words to compare something. Um, A similitude, like I put on our handout. And there's that cool verse in Hosea 12.10 where God actually tells us that he teaches us using similitudes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the parables that Jesus told were similitudes, you know, like the, the way something is, you go be like that. So that's the similitude. Go to the ant. Well, yes, we're going to get to the ant in a bit. Yes, good job, Blenda. Uh, so Proverbs. Let me get my clicker. Every country and every civilization has Proverbs. Uh, I just jotted down a few of ours. You guys probably know these. Don't cry over spilled milk. Early bird gets the worm. Never judge a book by its cover. Laughter is the best medicine. These are proverbs that we all know. Um, and I'll, when we get to the composition of the proverbs, we'll talk about that a, a bit more. All right, so a proverb on your handout, just like these. It's a, you'll often find this definition, it's a pithy. And I thought, what the heck is a pithy? A pithy is a, just a concise, brief description. Something easily memorized, you know, don't cry over spilled milk, that's easy to remember. It's a saying based on experience. Um, And it's a couplet. The proverb in our Bible, and we'll talk more about couplets. It's truth given in parallel sentences. Harrisonville definition. I mean, that's a lot of technical stuff there. The definition of a proverb, it's a couple sentences based on a lot of experience. When you've lived life and you've seen some things, you've done some things, messed up things, successful things, whatever. When you've lived life, you have experience in life, and you, you can you know, you know, can do these proverbs. You can, you can come up with a proverb. Uh, 50,000 foot summary on the handout. It's uh, the book of Proverbs. It gives us instructions on how to live life successfully. It's an interesting uh, another fact is if you look up the word wisdom in the Old Testament, you do like a word search on wisdom. In the Old Testament, wisdom was a like a skill, like a physical skill. You know, people that built the tabernacle with Moses, those guys were wise in the way of brass and, and wise with woodworking. The Bible calls that wisdom, is having a skill, a tangible skill that you're good at. And it's the same with living a life. It's, Proverbs t- teaches us how to live life successfully. 
how to you know I like the phrase being an expert in godly living you know when we read the the New Testament it's more of a spiritual application but all the things that Paul tells us you know the fruits of the spirit and how to how to walk with the Lord and in, in Thessalonians another one of my favorite books when you have that down and you are you are you're an expert of, at walking with the Lord and, and living this Christian life. And that takes a, a lot of time and effort to become an expert at that. And, and uh, that's, that's where Proverbs points us to. That Proverbs wants all of us to be experts at living a godly life. So, yeah, I like the book. Yeah. You said you read completely through it. Um, mm-hmm. About how long does it take? It took you know, roughly an hour and a half. To read the whole thing, all 31 chapters, okay. 915 verses. Mm-hmm. But if you got the time and your interest, man, I really recommend it because you will see things. It's really cool. Blenda. When my kids were little, I had a screensaver that read Proverbs. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so they saw it, putting it in their their mind, their heart. Yeah, it's a it's a fun book. It also goes with the coordinates with the month. Yeah, the 31 chapters. You know, that's another point with Proverbs. I'm glad you mentioned that, Kevin. Uh, you often hear people say that you know, read a proverb every day. You know, there's 31 days in the month, and it just it works out. And that's good. But there's another reason I think that that isn't mentioned. Reading Proverbs is like reading a dictionary. You know, when you read a dictionary. When you're reading a dictionary, every entry is a completely different thought. It's, you know, you read a word, you know, the, or whatever. The next word, totally different. The next word, totally different. And that's kind of the way the Proverbs are. It's not a story, you know, you're reading about Ruth or the history of Israel or anything like that. It's not contiguous. Every verse, bam, a new concept. Next verse, bam. Our minds are easily overloaded. You know, they say uh, we can only take like 45 minutes or an hour of something. So reading the whole book of Proverbs, you know, I would forget the first few chapters by the time I get to the end. But by reading it every day, you get that nugget of wisdom in your head and you're able to kind of digest it and process it better than reading the whole book at once. So that's why I think reading one a day is, is really a good idea. Proverbs should be taken in small doses so you can really absorb it. See, that's where I have a problem. Yeah. Sometimes, Jim. Yeah. Anymore, especially getting older. But like trying to, you know, like you say, yeah. digest it. I mm-hmm. try to digest it because I feel like when I read, it's like, well, what did I read? What? And if you want to go back. Yeah, but it, but it does get in there, doesn't it? Don't you hate when you do that? Like, what did I just read? I was daydreaming for the last five verses. I couldn't read it yeah. in an hour and a half. That would drive me crazy. Well, Pat, me either, because it I would have to stay. Um, I would have to spend more time, or I just felt like I would retain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't. I might took tons of notes. Every time I'd read through it, I'd have a different goal. Yeah. You know, I want to find topics. You know, I want to find how many times the fear of the Lord's written. I mean, I'd always have a reason. But yeah, it's I, that's what's hard. Our human mind is you know, we've got to train this thing. Yeah. So and, and another thing, I, um, by reading through it a lot and immersing myself, I, I'm able. I'm not bragging. I don't want to be like I'm prideful, but I feel like I'm. I can explain to others now how they're composed and like how to the best get squeeze all the juice out of a proverb. You know, and we'll talk about that in a little bit.
Yeah. What do you think is the most important one in the Bible? Uh, the, the proverb? No, the, the Bible. The important book? I think Job is. Well, that's quinky dink. We're getting right to go through Job. It is good. It really talks about suffering. It does do that. It's a good point. Um, yes, and we're going to talk to it about Job in a second. But yeah, it's 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 kind of like uh, when people ask you, "What's your favorite kid?" It's like, eh. well, I, I like I like this one. I like this one, but I love them all. Exactly, I like them all. Like today, I'm Proverbs. I'm a Proverbs man because I've been studying it. Right. Uh, but in it they, reminds me of like to be a little more humble. It does. You know, kind of kind of put you back in in at something like. Every yeah. Other day or something, you read Yeah, you're exactly right. It, it does do that. The Proverbs are just it's an awesome book. Uh, and it's kind of a book of. Uh, let me cover this slide real quick. It's really about gaining knowledge. And I was run across this this little graphic one day. It's not really important, but it just shows how. You know, up until up to all through the 1400s, uh, humankind was gaining in knowledge. Like every 400 years, we would double our understanding of the world and of ourselves, and, and it's just continued to grow. And the 50s, we doubled our knowledge every 20 years, every 10 years in the 70s, uh, eight years. To, we're up to in 2020, we're up to every 12 hours. Mankind doubles our knowledge of. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. This is. Uh, this is Doubles knowledge of what? That doubles are not, and that's, that's we're going to talk about this in a second. Knowledge are facts. You know, it's not wisdom. Right. Every 12 hours, it's estimated that mankind, we double our knowledge of space, history, history of our bodies, of the ocean, of biology. I mean, all the wow. things of the world. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Plus, there's so many people. So many people, and and it goes on with what Daniel said. In the end times, the knowledge will increase. You know, so we're like ramping up. We are. We are fools. That's a good point. Are we any smarter now than we were? Oh, probably dumber. Probably dumber. <laughs> well, the ability to have knowledge is so much greater now. I mean, yeah, the ability is. Just, you know, when we were younger, the yes. encyclopedia, you had yes. things up. Well, right. now you just ask Alexa. Yeah, ask Google. Siri or but maybe it can be knowledge, but it doesn't mean it's always real, too. That's true. It could be uh, secular knowledge. So. And we're supposed to go to work. I mean, manual labor's gone. You know, yeah, it's all blue, uh, white collar yeah. stuff now. Yeah, so. I mean, that's all right, but you don't get tired, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm tired tonight. I'm a white collar guy. Yeah, you're exactly right, though. We're, uh, one of the things that Adam was told, he's, by the sweat of your brow, you're going to make a living, and we've kind of lost that. So, yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, back on Solomon. Yeah, this is a, I've stuck this on the back of your handout. This is in my book also. But this is basically Solomon's timeline showing when he wrote the Proverbs, because that's kind of interesting, too, is, is a little bit about how he wrote it, when he wrote it. Uh, on your handout, a quick review of Solomon. He's the third king of Israel. He was the second son of David. And he was the father of Rehoboam, which was kind of a, a knucklehead in our Bible. He actually caused the civil war with Israel by rebelling against uh, the, the old guard. So, you know, wise father doesn't necessarily mean wise son. And vice we, we know that. That's actually in the Proverbs. All right, so candy bar bonus questions. Who said Bathsheba? All right, Pam. <laughs> Hopefully these aren't too melted. My Oops, there you go. All right, next question. Um, I don't think I put the temple question in. 
Okay, God granted man Solomon more wisdom than any other man. So let, let's go to 1 Kings 4.29 for a second. Let's just kind of read up on Solomon a little bit about him. 1 Kings 4.29. You guys remember the story, you know, David's, uh, he's, he's left the scene, gives the throne to Solomon. One of the first things that Solomon did was ask the Lord for, for wisdom and discernment and ruling the people. Alright, so 1 Kings 4.29. Does anybody have it? Am I volunteer to read it? What? Well, we should know our Bibles, man. And God gave Solomon wisdom, understanding, exceeding much, and largeness of the heart, even as the sand that is on the seas of shore. Exactly. Thanks. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceedingly more than anyone else. He's one of the wisest men that's ever walked the planet. So the wisest man that's ever walked the planet has wrote you a book. So it's worth paying attention to. So, uh, next thing on our handout, uh, according to 1 Kings 4.32, a few verses down, Solomon spoke how many Proverbs? 3,000. 3,000. 3,000 Proverbs this guy knew. I mean, he would kind of rattle off. He's probably annoying to hang around because everything that happened, he's like, ah, rah, rah, rah. So, but the book of Proverbs only has uh, around 800 Proverbs. So, so we only have a small fraction of what Solomon actually knew. I think that's interesting. How many are in there? Eight hundred. Which is the, Come again? He was autistic. Could have been. I mean, he was brilliant. He, that's, that's without a doubt. All right, Solomon wrote three books of our Bible. I, actually, I told you the answer there. Uh, what three books did he write? Ecclesiastes, Saul, Solomon, and... Uh, uh, Proverbs, of course. Mm. Uh, <laughs> three blanks, three candy bars. I thought that there was uh, oh, Song of Solomon. That was the love story. Yeah, and that's what's on this chart here of Solomon's life. Um, as Solomon is a young guy, a young man in love, he writes Song of Solomon. It's a love story. When Solomon gets to be around 30, he's, he's in the prime of his life. Uh, he's, he's living for the Lord, obeying the Lord. That's when he writes Proverbs. Uh, something comes into his life that pulls him off course. That happens to you know, a lot of us. He, he got into party in life and was it fast cars, loose women, whatever the sayings are. Fast horses. Fast horses, yeah. So Solomon goes through a period of, of living out of fellowship, and he kind of gets back in fellowship and writes Ecclesiastes toward the end of his life. That's, that's kind of how that lays out. Um, Proverbs is one of the five wisdom books. You know, in our Bible, we have uh, history. Our Bible's divided up. Our Old Testament's divided up into five sections. You know, history, the prophets, uh, uh, and these are the wisdom books. This is one of the divisions. There's five of them. And like he mentioned, Job. Job is a book about wisdom for, for pain and suffering that we go through on this earth. And we're actually going to start the book of Job. We're going to do verse by verse, I believe, in a few weeks. Uh, Pastor Steve will start that. So this will be good because there's a, like, like he said, there is a ton of information in Job that we don't find anywhere else. Uh, so it's a good book. 
So that's one of the wisdom books. The book, the Psalms, is wisdom about praise and worship. It teaches us how to how to praise God and how to worship God. Uh, Proverbs is the, you know, teaches teaches us how to live wisely on the earth. Ecclesiastes, the the meaning, the wisdom, the meaning of purpose of why things are the way they are, and and then Song of Solomon is the wisdom on on love. So that's kind of how that plays out. All right, the key verse in Proverbs is, four, is Proverbs 4, 7. There's, there's actually a couple verses. I, I, I couldn't narrow it down to one. So the, these two verses really personify Proverbs. It's Proverbs 4, 7. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And, and Steve mentioned this in the beginning. Um, yeah, and this is a, it's, it's really deep when you think about it. God is telling us that there's one thing that you need to get, and that's wisdom. I mean, above anything. Um, and, and with all your getting, I mean, with all your being, we should try to get wisdom. And that's, that's really profound. I think that's interesting. Uh, and then the second key verse I put on your handout is the fear of the Lord. And that actually shows up 14 times in the book of Proverbs. And, and each time it's a different attribute, you know, the fear of the Lord's wisdom, it's understanding, it's, it's, it's all these cool things that we get by fearing God and putting Him in the right place in our life. Um, you know, I did think it's interesting, I don't quite have it figured out yet, but on Proverbs 4-7, the word wisdom is in Proverbs 54 times, in 53 verses. And the word understanding is also in there 54 times, 53 verses, but they're different verses. So it's like God matched those up for some reason. They're very important because we always hear wisdom and understanding. They do go together, and uh, I think there's something to that. I just haven't figured it out. I yes. think that it has to do with being a, a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. Yeah, it's probably, you're exactly right. Um, and based on the, all that, I yeah, Blenda, sure. You have to study to know what to do. Yes, that's where we're, that's what this is going. These are some of the key concepts or things in Proverbs that that are talked about: wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And then there's our key verse up here. So I thought I'd talk for a second on how these are linked together and how the Book of Proverbs wants us to link them together. So we start out at the bottom with data, just facts. You know, like we talked about the knowledge of mankind. This is just raw data. Things that we, things that you read or hear or see that gives you information. That's data. Information. Well, we convert that kind of to knowledge. We take that collection of facts that we know and, and now we know something. And this is very important to have knowledge of things. And once you have knowledge, you can turn that into understanding. You can comprehend all this knowledge of facts that we know. And, and based on this, we can form an idea about those things. And I'll, we'll flesh this out more in a second. And then that kind of leads us into wisdom. You know, being an expert at godly living, that's taking the understanding we have and changing our behavior. That's where the wisdom comes in. You know, this applies to, I've taken another certification, and this applies to the certification because the certification yeah. is, 
doesn't test me on my knowledge, it tests me on my skill. But yeah, there you go. It tests you higher up the pyramid. Be able to use the mm -hmm. knowledge. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's a good point. This is a pyramid of greatness. Yes. Um, all right, so how's that work? I, I thought I'd give a couple examples. So first, you read an article, you read some data, you read about fruits. Read all about fruit. What fruit does is all that. Well, I mean like actual fruit. So out of that, you learn that a tomato is actually a fruit. Who, who would have thunk? So now that's some knowledge that you have based on the data. Tomato is a fruit. So, understanding, taking it a step further, I need to eat more fruits to be healthy, so I need to eat more tomatoes. This is kind of understanding how they link. Wisdom is not putting that tomato in a fruit salad because that's no good. See, that's taking your understanding the wrong direction. That's how those relate. So if we talk about the Bible, we start out, we read our Bible. We sit down some morning, we're reading our Bible. We're, and, and, and from that, we're getting knowledge. We now know what God's saying to us. We know verses, we have our favorite verses, and we, we know what, what God's saying. And based on what He's telling us, we understand that, okay, I need to actually obey these words and verses that I've read and this knowledge that I have, which transposes to wisdom where we actually change our behavior based on the understanding and the knowledge that we have gained. This is the way the book of Proverbs is meant to work. That's why God keeps telling us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know, you got, you got to begin, you got to learn about Him, understand Him, know Him, and then you obey, do it. So that's, that's kind of how that plays out. Pyramid of greatness. And, and, and an equal partner with wisdom is, is discernment and discretion. And that's also uh, the etymology, the root word of the, the discernment is choosing, it's separating, taking your wisdom when you're going to change your behavior and knowing what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad, when to speak, when to be quiet. That's having discernment, exercising your wisdom and having discernment. And I just threw up a couple verses there. So that's, that's how Proverbs is wanting us to think. Data, knowledge, understanding, wisdom, change behavior, being wise in life with discernment. Uh, a quick overview. The next part of the um, handout is just kind of how the book is divided. You know, I had to kind of throw that in. And we're not going to talk about this in any detail today. Today my goal was just kind of do an intro and then kind of teach you guys how to, how to, well, not that you don't know, I don't want to be like I'm, you don't know, but like just we'll cover how to read the Proverbs and how to get something out of them. Some of them are tough to, to swallow or digest or understand. So, anyway. This is really quick. Um, so here's how the book's laid out. Pretty simple. Actually, let's turn to Proverbs 1. Uh, we'll go to Proverbs 1. The first section of the book, the first seven chapters, are, and remember, this is Solomon writing his Proverbs for his kids, primarily. So the first seven chapters all begin with, like, my son, my children, my son. He's 
teaching his kids the importance on why we need the Proverbs. And, and he really starts out of the gate in chapter 1, you know, the Proverbs of Solomon. And then starting in verse 2, he gives us nine reasons why we need Proverbs in our life. Um, I'm not going to go through them all now, but there's nine things here. To know wisdom and instruction. To perceive the words of understanding. To receive instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. You know, being fair in life. Verse 4 is to give subtly to the simple. To the young man, knowledge and discretion. Discretion was number nine. So there's nine things there that Solomon is telling us that we will get by getting this book in our in our mind and in our life. So that, that's the first seven chapters. And they all and like verse uh, chapter two, my son. Um, that's that's actually one of my favorite passages there in chapter two, verses one through by eight. But it's to a son. Chapter three is to a son. Chapter four, hear hear ye children, my son, my son. It's all to his kid. He's trying to get across to his kid how important it is to have wisdom in life. So that's the first part of the book. The next part, chapters 8 and 9, are the praise of wisdom. These two chapters are bombshell chapters. I'm actually thinking we might do a deep dive on these guys next week. These are not what they first appear to be. And they're, they're very cool chapters. They're about wisdom and how wisdom is all around us crying out from the streets, from the high places, from, from everywhere to try to get man to listen. Um... I actually thought about these a lot when I was in Boston. With all the ruckus and the noise in the city of downtown Boston going on, you know, we were the voice of wisdom crying out, trying to get people to turn to the Lord, and, and they just they weren't having it, they weren't hearing it. But we were there. And there's always and they're always there. God always has his wisdom crying out. So I think that's cool. Um, oh yeah, well we'll mention too. Wisdom is is referred to as a female. She. I mean, all the attributes of God are, are female. You know, holiness, and patience, I mean, all female attributes. And there's a reason for that, uh, being that they're submissive to God and things like that. We don't have time to get into that now, but we might get into that next week. We might do a deep dive on 8 and 9. Um, okay, so then the, the next section in the book, turn to chapter 10. This is the meat of the book. So verse chapters 1 through 7 are... This is why you need the Proverbs. This is what the Proverbs will give you in life. Chapters 10 through 30 are the Proverbs. See, it starts in chapter 10, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon. And then he starts right in with the Proverbs. And that's, that's where the meat of the book is. And sometimes I'm in a hurry, like at work or something, I'll just go to, I'll just go to 10. I, I want to read the Proverbs. Uh, so I'll just skip right there. And then the last part of the book is chapter 31. Uh, as we all know, that's the virtuous woman. She is a woman that uh, is a result of, of doing these proverbs, of, of learning and living these proverbs. This is what it looks like in a lady that uh, is an expert at godly living. So, and like I said, that's Sherry's mom to me. I mean, when I first met her, she is the virtuous woman. Except now it's Sherry, so... I gotta clean with it. Alright, so next part. Hoping this will be uh, interesting now. The composition. Um, Alright, so we're gonna kind of focus now on the actual Proverbs in, in the section 10 through 30. 
Uh, Proverbs is Hebrew poetry. It's written in a prose. They've got all these big fancy $5 words about what it is. Um, in a nutshell, the Proverbs are, are two sentences. They're called couplets. They're, they're two sentences. And they're put together with a colon or a comma, some kind of punctuation. And the two sentences, there's, there's three types of the sentences, and I, that's why I put them on your handout. Type one is the completive. God makes a statement. You know, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Colon. And the next statement completes the first statement, it, it, or it adds to. He's on the same theme of the fear of the Lord, you know, and, and his children uh, are, are confident in his protection. So the second sentence complements and adds to the first. That's one type of proverb. Those are generally ands and so's. So if you see a colon and or a colon so, it's generally a completive type where the second sentence is going to fulfill or, or, or flesh out the first. That's the first type. The second type is comparative. God makes a statement. And then there's a colon, there's a punctuation of some sort. And then the second sentence is compares something to something. And that's where the as and, and the or the the as and the like come in. Or as and so. Wait. I didn't put it down, but it's as and a lot of times it's a but. That's also in three. Okay, then the third type is the contrast. We're going to see examples here in a second. The contrast where God makes a statement. There's a, there's a punctuation. And then he says like the exact opposite thing. So that's a contrasting two ideas. That's the compare. That's where the word proverb and the shawl come in. It's comparing two things. So that's, that's at a high level how the proverbs are laid out. They're two sentences. They're couplets that either complement each other, they, they describe each other fuller, or they totally contrast each other. So, the first one I was going to have us look at, uh, who would want to read Proverbs 14.6? Alright, Belinda. Oh, wait, 26. Oh, I'm sorry, 26. 26. And the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. Okay, yes. That's, and this is a completive. You know, he says, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and there's a colon. And then the second sentence, it starts with an and. This is a complete, and, he, and his children shall have a place of refuge. This second sentence, you know, complements or, or adds to the first. Um... Okay, so we'll leave that. Um, all right, so the next one. Uh, Proverbs 26, 9. Let me flip over there. Proverbs 26, 9. All right, anybody got that? All right, go for it, Kevin. As a thorn goeth up into the hand of a drinker, so is parable in the mouth of fools. Yes, that's very good. So here we go. Now let's look at this. Now this, this is where it gets, starts getting fun to me. This is another compare, uh, competitive where it completes the, the thought of the first, but 
Another thing that's neat with Proverbs is all the imagery that God uses uh, to make these Proverbs rememberable. Alright, so we got, as a thorn goeth up into the hand of a drunkard. You just kind of think, pause there. Whenever I first started reading Proverbs, like years ago, I, I would like try to see too much into the Proverbs. And I would say, okay, like a thorn, that's the type of a bramble tree, Judges 9, it was in the garden. You know, I would try to get deep with it. But I've really learned that just take it as it is and just think about what it means. So if, and I don't know who's been drunk here, I've been drunk and I've, I've hurt myself while I was drunk. When you're drunk, and you get a thorn in your hand, I mean, what happens? Nothing. You don't really feel it. If you do, you laugh. Um, it doesn't change your behavior. If you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, and you get a thorn in your hand, you don't change anything. You're drunk. You, you, you know. So God's saying, as the thorn goes into the hand of a drunkard, so is a parable in the mouth of a fool. So when you meet a fool that's trying to spout wise things, and you know he's a fool, he's not going to change his behavior. He's not learning from what he knows. He's just like that drunkard that got a thorn in his hand. It's not changing him at all. Doesn't even know what happened. So that's, that's really cool imagery that God's using to teach us uh, a truth. And then this is another thing, too. God doesn't just tell us... Uh, the, the fool doesn't change by what he knows. I mean, just like the truth. The truth is that a fool might know a proverb, but he's still a fool. That's the truth. But he doesn't tell us that. He tells us this kind of sentence about a thorn going into a drunk guy's hand, and, and like a parable in a fool. So I think that's interesting how God is trying to teach us with just imagery, with everyday things. Thoughts like that. Right, we do. But to me, that just shows that he knew that that is the way we could soak that up. You're exactly right. That's so wise. That's what I think is cool about Proverbs is he doesn't just tell us the truth. He lets us ponder. Now, I'm actually going to get to that in a second. We're starting to run low on time, so I'm going to just skip through these. So, this is a comparative type where they compare things. And I love this proverb. Uh, this is where he's comparing the two sins. You got a couplet and you're comparing. He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down and without walls. This is a bombshell proverb. So what this is telling us, if someone has no rule over their spirit, that means they're like an emotional wreck. And we all know these people. I've been these people. Where this it's the uh, they're just all over the place. So, you know, they anything can affect them, and that's the way a city with no walls. A city has walls for protection, and if you're not in control of your own emotions, then you're like a city that's just vulnerable to attack by anything that comes along. That's the truth of this proverb. But he gives us us that truth in these cool little sentences, couplets joined by the the like comparing. It's uh, very interesting. Uh, another one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Had to put this up here. Yeah, it's better to dwell in the corner of the housetop, you know, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, Sherry's saying time out here. <laughs> Even though I cannot relate to this proverb at all, there you go. I have been told that if, if people, yeah, it's, it's no fun living with a, an angry, brawling woman. But that God tells us this way, so we remember. I don't want to be sitting on my rooftop, so it's very cool. And in the contrast, uh, another one. This is another good one. You know, if you gather in the summer, you're wise. If, if you sleep during the harvest, you're a fool. You're going to cause shame. So, anyway. This, yeah, I kind of rushed through that one. We're running out of time. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about the brawling woman. All right, so another contrast. The fear of the Lord uh, prolongeth days, but the, the years of the wicked shall be shortened. And there's a reason I put this particular proverb, because I want to also emphasize... Proverbs are not promises. You know, we all know young people that did fear the Lord, they die young. And sometimes the old people live forever. You know, we're still finding these Nazis from the, from the 40s. Um, proverbs are not promises. There are what uh, happens most of the time, you know, in a, the way, way, way God would like to see it happen. Just like uh, Proverbs 22 the one about training up your child in the way of the Lord and he's only, he won't depart from it. That's not a promise. It's what we should happen. It's what happens most of the time. If you do raise your kid in a godly manner, he, he won't depart from the Lord. But, it, you know, we all have our free will and there's a lot of things involved that can change the outcome. But that's, that's it's not a promise. Proverbs are not a promise. Uh, Alright, so, this is what I kind of wanted to get to today. And I think this is, is interesting, and this is what, why I'm going this direction. Let's look at a few Proverbs. Um, you know, the couplets. Uh, the fear of the Lord is a strong confidence, colon, and his children still have a place of refuge. Here's how God uses the Proverbs to get our attention and to get wisdom. The colon and the commas are, are grammatical pauses. So when we read that first sentence, we should pause. And in that pausing, and in our mind, our human mind of reasoning, when we're mulling these two things together, we're thinking, okay, how does this work for me? You know, what is God trying to tell me? And you're mulling these two sentences over, and the Holy Spirit is in you, testifying and helping guide you. That is where the wisdom comes from. It's not from the words necessarily of just because he doesn't flat out just tell us that if you're a child of the, of the Lord, you're going to have refuge. He could have just said that, but he said it in this couplet, poetry fashion, so we can pause and reflect on. Okay, if I want refuge, and I need to fear the Lord, so that's that's getting the wisdom. Same with the, you know, gathering in the summer, you're wise. So it's, I need to gather when I can in my life. Yeah, you know, if I don't, I'll be a fool. And then the, the thing about prolonging days, if I, if I serve the Lord and fear Him, I have a better chance of living a long, healthy life. But the wicked won't. So that's, that's where the wisdom comes in. Does that make sense? Like, kind of... That's how we get the wisdom, by mulling these sentences over, pausing at the punctuation, 
honoring the punctuation, and letting them you know, digest, letting them soak into our minds. Same with these guys. These are some other really good ones. Committing thy works unto the Lord, thy thoughts shall be established. You know, I've heard a lot. Actually, Kevin, I've got your name wrote in my Bible because you gave a, a devotion one time on this. It was very good. If, if you're unhappy and you want to establish good thoughts, you want to establish your thoughts on a solid foundation, commit everything you do to the Lord. All day long, I'm doing this for you, Lord. I'm doing this for you. That's how you get out of depression and, and, and pull yourself out of the gutter. But God didn't just say that. He said it in this cool little couplet way where we got to think about it. Same with all these guys. Oh, and I like this one. Um, as vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the slugger to them that send him. It's like, what? What's he saying there? So think about it. Has anyone ever drunk vinegar? I have. It's a heartburn cure. Yeah, it's no good. It's like, you, you want to go get a drink of water. It's irritating. You don't like it. Make your teeth. Smoke to the eyes. Nobody likes that. It's, a, it's also irritating. So is the sluggard to them that send him. When you send somebody to go do an important job and they're lazy, it's going to be irritating. And it's going to come back on you. Just like smoke. Yeah. So isn't that cool that God told us that truth? Don't trust a lazy dude. With this cool little couplet. It's like vinegar on your teeth. And it's like smoke in your eyes. You ain't going to like it. And uh, that's what he's going to do to you. So anyway, I love, the, I love the Proverbs. And this is like what Belinda said. What God does... He uses all this cool imagery of nature. You know, look at the ants. Look what they're doing. They're working. They're getting along. They're taking care of business. No one's telling them to. They have no overseer. You know, that verse Blenda mentioned. Look at the trees. You know, how sturdy they are. They, they take the wind. They do all these things. The rivers, they wind through. Water the, the land. The birds. Do as these things are. Be like these things. Or, or don't be. Sometimes it's a contrast. And it's, you know, the vinegar. <laughs> he uses vinegar several times. It's pretty cool. Just like Jesus did. The Proverbs are loaded with this type of imagery. Um, letting us learn from the nature that we live in. So, that's the Proverbs. So, uh, I was going to go through some more of these and talk about the, some of the fun ones. Uh, we only got a few minutes. I'm just going to bust these up here. Alright, I like this one. Whoso... Whosoever boasts himself of a false gift is like clouds and wind without rain. So think about that. Does anyone want to tackle that one? Oh, talk about spiritual gifts? I don't know. Blenda. Well, the scripture says, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. You're praying for rain. You see the clouds, but... They don't come. Exactly. That's what this is saying. If somebody is boasting himself, which we know it is not good to boast in yourself, and you don't do anything, there'll be a disappointment to you. Just like a farmer, you know, Emma needs rain, he sees clouds of wind coming, but it doesn't do anything. It's a disappointment. So this guy's a disappointment. So I think it's neat how he tells us that. He, the guy's boasting a false gift. Alright, here's another good one. I've actually heard Brian bust this one out. This is a good one. Confidence in an unfaithful man 
in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. So anybody want to tackle that one? Teeth hurt. They hurt. You don't want to put any bearing or weight on your foot if it's broke. You don't want to chew food if you've got a broken tooth. So having a confidence in an unfaithful guy, especially in a time of trouble, you're going to hurt for it. You're going to get, you know, so I, I think that's a cool way of telling us that. Don't trust an unfaithful man or woman. It's like a broken tooth. Uh, another one? Oh, I already did that one. We talked about the no spirit uh, broken down without walls. Alright, here's another good one. Yeah. As a jewel of gold in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman which is without discretion. Anybody want to tackle that one? That's gossiping. <laughs> yeah, it could be bent that way. So the thing about this... Throwing the pearls before the swine. Kind of. Kind of I, I, think, I think it's even simpler. That's where I think sometimes we think too deep. But think about a pig. you got an old muddy pig. It's all dirty, smelly, stinky. And he's got this fancy gold ring in his nose. Okay. It's kind of out of place, but okay. So is... A fair woman, a beautiful woman, pretty, a pretty lady, which is without discretion. She's, she's a mess. She's a, probably an emotional wreck. She's uh, not a lady you'd want to hang out with. Emotional, whatever, drama queen, all that kind of stuff. So even though she's a pretty woman, she's still like that muddy old pig. She's not, any, she's not, she's not good just because she's pretty. She has no discretion. She's unwise in life. She's probably a fool. But she's good looking. She's just like that dirty old pig with a, a gold ring. See how, see how God did that there? It's pretty neat. Yeah. Ah, right, here's another one. Uh, this is, this is apropos for all of us. Me too, especially. He that passes by and meddles with strife that belongs to not to him, to someone else's problems, is like one that takes a dog by the ears. This is a real good practical one that I know I could learn from. If you're walking by, you're passing by, and you see trouble between some other people, well, you insert yourself in that problem, but it's not your problem. It's like you grabbing a dog by the ear, which you're going to get bit if you just walk up and grab a dog by the ear. So this is saying, don't be a busybody and meddle in people's business that ain't yours. Stay in your own lane. God could have said it a lot simpler, but he used this really imaginative thing about grabbing a dog by the ear. Isn't that cool? All right, last one. Alright, this is, this is another good one here. He, as he that taketh away a garment in cold weather, and as vinegar upon nitre, nitre is like a calcium deposit on a rock, so is he that sings songs to a heavy heart. This one takes a little more thinking, but if, if somebody takes away a coat in the winter time, that's not cool. They're, they're not a good person. They're being kind of mean. And it's vinegar upon nitre. When you pour vinegar on that calcium deposit, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bubble and dissolve and, and irritate it. So is he that sings songs to a heavy heart. 
So this would be someone, you know, I think like someone that's lost a loved one and they're grieving. And you come up and like, hey, you know, let's go barbecue, you know, let's go do something. You know, I mean, it's okay to cheer people up, but you need to kind of share in their grief. So there's, what God's telling us is here is when you come upon a grieving heart, you know, have some compassion and don't, don't just try to bring joy, you know, and sing the song and this and that because you'll be like a person taking away a coat in the winter. It's pretty cool. There's a neat little imagery there. Um, there's that. Okay, so now we're going to stop here. Uh, what I was going to do next week, maybe, or maybe the week after, next time we get together, as I read through the Proverbs, I found all these topics that God addresses to us. Like So, so I thought, well, I, I started putting this table together like on pride, chapters that are heavy on pride, on anger, low self-esteem, patience, all, all these issues of, of life that we deal with all of us deal with and, and what the Proverbs has to say about some of these key issues so we'll do that in a few weeks uh, or maybe next week I'm not, I'm not positive but anyway so was that helpful yeah, that's kind of how we read the Proverbs uh, it's how they're written it's how they're composed do you think you born with wisdom or do you have to earn it well, I think we gain it by 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 godly living and, and reading the word. Well, I mean, experiences in life. And definitely experience yeah, it because yeah. I've yeah. I've you done don't know that. how to you don't know how to lay concrete until you've done it. You know. Or yeah, that's you don't true. Know how to cut a tree until you've done it. That's you true. Know? You know, so I think I think I think you're never born with knowledge. It it, it includes Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. I think he learned it mm-hmm. by watching and learning from other people. Yeah, I do. yeah, I agree. It's it's cool. It's a cool thing. So that's that's the first proverb. So we are at times. Anyone want to? Anybody care to dismiss us in prayer? Kevin, go for it. Thank you, dear Lord, Heavenly Father, for allowing us to meet here together. I just ask that uh, we walk away with the things that you want us to walk away with and just leave the rest at the table. I ask that uh, you you bless our lives today. um, As we go about our days, just put somebody in front of us that we can speak to and, and, and your precious glory. Jesus, amen. Amen. Good job. All right. That is it. Oh. Rich Jim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.